Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York. I'm broadcasting from the bright red desk on the Upper East Side of the island of Manhattan in the city of New York in the country of the United States on planet Earth. And what we do here on the Weekly Weather is we look forward to the week ahead, and this is Weekly Weather for July 17th. We're a little early because it's Father's Day, and we're doing the Father's Day thing. So um, slightly early broadcast and uh, getting it out there, you know. And happy Father's Day to the fathers, some of the mothers who are fathers, to the uncles, to the grandparents, to the men in our life that act as our fathers, the women in our life that act as our authority figures that give us the wisdom and the and the conditional setting, the structures, and teach us through our structures how to be. So our job with this is Happy Father's Day. Thank you all. Thank you, Saturn. Thank you all of our traditional energies. So um, I posted on the uh, on the Internet, I'm doing a webinar next Monday, a week from now, on all the planets running backwards in the sky, because they're all running backwards in the sky. And uh, I was looking at it, and I was kind of like, wow, there's all this stuff, kind of with everything moving, you know, going backwards at 100 miles an hour. Um, and so that's going to be on the Monday the 25th, I believe. It's not up on the website yet, but it is on Facebook. So if you get my newsletter, or if you... Um, are on Facebook or Twitter, you can sign up to it through there. But the premise of it is running backwards, okay, because we're going to have all the planets in the sky, and starting this week, Neptune goes stations to go backwards. Next week, Mars stations to go backwards. And then every planet in the heavens, with the exception of the Sun and Venus and the Moon, because the Sun and the Moon never go backwards, and Venus will be going backwards in the fall, in, in August, or I'm sorry, in October, but all the other planets are going backwards all summer long, or most of the summer. So what that means is we're all running backwards at full speed. Now, if you've ever run backwards, it's very disconcerting because you can't see where you're going. But you see where you've been, right? So it's also a cleanup time. And Mars, of course, I did the analogy a couple of weeks ago, Mars scraping out the mayonnaise jar and kind of cleaning stuff up and releasing things and letting things go. And then now this week as Neptune stations to go backwards, and then Mars next week stations to go backwards, we're going to really feel the energy start to really shift and feel like, wow, we're just in a float. Um, but because everything's moving pretty quickly, it's going to feel like it's going backwards fast. This is pretty rare. It, you know, I, I can't remember a time where I've looked at the summer and gone, wow, everything backwards. That's pretty wild. So on, honoring this energy, uh, you know, it, it's a lot. It's a lot going backwards. And um, those of us who like retrogrades, I mean, I don't have a lot of planets retrograde in my chart. So, uh, you know, it's for the retrograde folk, this makes them happy because they have retrograde planets. They're happy because they have retrograde planets, and it's a wonderful thing. For those of us who don't have a lot of them, um, we kind of go, wow, this is a little hard. But it really is about redoing, revising, revisiting, and watching for the collisions, the collusions, the alliances, the enemies, and all sorts of things that happen that come and make you go, wow, what? No, really? Oh, my God, how did that happen? It's, it's a very interesting energy, and our job is to know that 
we one we don't take it personally. I mean, obviously it might hit on one of your chart points, so you're going to take it personally. But what you also want to do is honor that um, in the energy of it moving backwards that we're given we're given the opportunity to revisit, revise, and redo, and also to see what we want to commit to. You know, you know how you go back and you write something and then you let it sit for a day or two, then you pick it up and you go, oh, run on sentence, let me change it, let me. You know, that opportunity to revise is really, really important. And I think this week we start the revisions with Neptune stationing, and then as we move forward over the rest of the summer through the fall, we're really working with the retrogrades and we're working with this backwards energy inviting us to change. Um, so this week we have a couple things. We have the Neptune station, and what he's going to do is he's going to stop at 16. Um, where, Max, you're on my papers here, baby. Of course, I start to talk, and the cat jumps on the papers. It's all all to the good. Um, so Neptune, yeah, hi, how are you? Neptune stations. Uh, here's my paper. Neptune stations on the 18th at... Um, 1629, and then he's going to go backwards until the fall. Uh, the idea when a planet goes backwards is it activates stuff. Now, Neptune's always a little mysterious because he's water, he's invisible, he's the change, he's how it works. So earlier today, I had two people come for a reading, and one was listening, the other one was there for the reading, and the listener was not really thrilled with cats. She, they made her nervous. And if you've ever been to my house for a reading, the cats are very present. Um, so Max came like five times. <laughs> he kept coming and sitting on the footstool and looking at her. And and she just you know, she was just kinda like he makes me nervous. But like by the fifth time she finally reached over and petted his chin, which made him happy and then he left. You know, it's Neptune. It's the tide presents itself, the energy presents it says, Don't you wanna pet me? I'm a really nice cat. Don't you want to pet me? I'm a really nice cat. So I said to her, well, you know, think of him as a dog. She goes, I don't like dogs either. I'm like, okay, well, he's not a bird. He's clearly a cat. But but letting that energy, you know, like he just kept coming back, kept going, don't you want to pet me? Don't you want to love me? Aren't I cute? So there's a lot of that energy in the sky too. So we want to honor, especially because today is Leo moon, and everybody's about love and creativity and abundance and impassioned and, and kind of expanding energy. So it's about giving that its proper time. The other thing that happens this week is the sun goes into Cancer starting the summer solstice. So we begin officially summer, and that's going to take place on June 21st at 6.07 a.m., and that is when the sun stops, Sol, sun, stis, stops. And for three days, the sun kind of parks in the heavens at the same degree, and then it starts to move back down towards the equator. So it's coming up to the highest point it's at, 2327 Cancer, and then it's going to stall there, one, two, three days, and then it starts moving south. So the longest night um, is winter solstice. This is the longest day the summer solstice. So as of the 21st, the days are going to be getting shorter by a minute each day. And of course, it's the sun still above the equator in the northern hemisphere, so it's still summer, but the days are going to be coming imperceptibly shorter every day by a minute as the sun moves closer and closer to the equator, which it's going to cross. So the solstice 
as the height of summer, the 21st, it also is the inauguration of the summer season because the 21st marks, okay, this is officially summer, and we're in it. So that also happens. And, of course, cancer is the sign of the mother, the nurturer, the grower. This is when the gardens really take off. So I signed up for a community-sponsored agriculture, and they send us a list of the vegetables, and they're like, only a couple more weeks for the lettuces because once it gets hot, the lettuces don't grow, and then we get into the vegetables. And I'm like, ooh, the lettuces don't grow. Okay, interesting, because they did too much heat, right? They're delicate. So we're in a delicate time now with the sun in Gemini and the Neptune station and the sun about to go into Cancer as those happen. The other thing that's happening, because it's going to happen next week on the 26th, which is right after this week finishes, right? Mars is going to station to go retrograde. Now he's slowing to stop, so we're going to feel the stopping, the slowing down, the stopping this next week or so. And as that happens, we're going to go, oh, wow, we're going slower, we're stopping, we're pulling, we're pulling back, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're backing out, we're leaving it behind, right, it's because of the slowing down. And then Mars is going to station, he's going to go backwards until the last week in um, August. And when we, uh, we look at him and we go, oh, okay, we're going backwards to figure out how to go forwards again. Now Mars is going to dive back and forth in that south node a bunch of times, three times. He already had last week when, when all those, uh, when Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain killed themselves, and we had the weird G summit with uh, Donald, and we had, um, you know, we disrespected our, uh, uh, we disrespected Canada. So now we're going back and we're going to go, all right, you know, what are we doing next? Uh, and we're going to be riding, you know, it, it occurred to me, I told you when Mars was going to go back, but I didn't really remember when Neptune's going back. So Neptune's going to go direct on November 25th. So he goes backwards for a while to 1342. Um, it's a Neptune moment here, because I was like, oh, I should tell them about Neptune. So at 1342, what Neptune's bringing up is whatever was going on for you February 25th and 26th of this year. So he's he's stirring up that story. Mars, of course, is a shorter retrograde. He goes direct the last week in August. But we have this energy of shifting and reversing and going backwards. So our job is to honor that that energy is part and parcel of where we're headed and that we're working with this running backwards. We're starting the running backwards process. And running backwards at full speed is always fun um, until you run into somebody. Yeah. And, and you probably will run into people on this. And Mars retrograde makes men weird. Neptune stationing going backwards brings us back to February through November. So what she does, what he does, I always think I want to call Neptune a girl, but I think he's probably would be insulted. So we'll make him stay a boy. Um, and what Neptune wants us to do is to work on the rapture, to work on the dream. Now he's in a trine to Jupiter in Scorpio. And Jupiter's going to station to go direct. Jupiter's going backwards, of course. He's going to station to go direct in the middle of July. So Neptune and Jupiter now are asking you to revise your dreams as they're moving backwards, as Neptune stations. He says, well, we were working on the dream, and I guess i got to go catch up with Jupiter and see what the revisions are. So that's the other part that's going on. Let's talk about the moon. So happy Father's Day to the dads. And the moon goes void tonight at 11.25 p.m. with a nice sextile to the sun. So yesterday and today, very creative days. Good days for getting creative, creatively aligned and at work. 
Tomorrow morning, bright and early, 4.40 a.m., moon goes into Virgo, the 18th and the 19th. And it goes void at 6.51 with a square to the sun uh, on the, on the, the um, Wednesday. So moon, square, sun, not bad. You know, sun's in Gemini giving us choices. Moon's in Virgo wanting to organize. So you know how like when you organize stuff and then you have the pile of stuff that you go, do I keep it? Do I get rid of it? Do I keep it? Do I get rid of it? That's the energy of the moon in Virgo. But very good for getting stuff done. And the station is tomorrow night and the 18th at 727 of Neptune. So we're feeling it now. A little drifty, dreamy, little, ooh, what are we doing? Where are we going? And then we have it a couple days next week too. Um, then on Wednesday, the moon is void from 6.51 in the morning till 8.29 in the morning. And then it goes into Libra, and it's in Libra Wednesday, Thursday. Now, Wednesday, Thursday is the moon square Pluto. It goes void at 9.34 in the afternoon night on Thursday night. But moon square Pluto is a little bit of a challenge because moon in Libra wants to partner Pluto in Capricorn goes not so much, or there's a price for partnership, or there's work to be done to get me to partner with you. So it's it's a negotiating day. All these days are very negotiable this week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then Friday, the moon is void all morning, and it enters Scorpio at 3.11 p.m., and it's in Scorpio Friday night, the 22nd, Saturday the 23rd, and Sunday the 24th going void at 10 a.m. with a trine to Mercury. So the Scorpio moon is pretty connected and pretty related and pretty intense, right, because that's what it does. It's intense, intense, intense. But it also kind of pushes us into a new understanding. And, of course, the trine to Mercury, uh, the moon in Scorpio is trining Mercury in Cancer, asking us to really understand what we're asking for. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes we ask for stuff and we go, yeah, 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 I want this. And then we get it and we go, oh. So this is moon in Scorpio after four days of denial and a morning of nothing working. Once it goes into Scorpio at 3.11 p.m., we have this, okay, you want it? Here you can have it. And then you kind of go, oh, I don't know that I want it. Moon is void all day the 24th. Uh, it's uh, 24th goes void at 10 in the morning. Void all day. Of course, that's New York. That's Gay Pride Day. Um, and I moved the discussion group from this Sunday, Father's Day, to next Sunday, Gay Pride Day. So none of them are easy to travel in the city. And then the moon enters Sagittarius at 12:29 on the 25th, and it goes void with a square to Neptune. So this whole week, very drifty, dreamy, very not coming the way you think it should, very you know, moving forward in projects, moving forward in projects, difficult. Go back and get rid of the old stuff. Go back and release stuff because the planets are kind of like, we really don't want you moving forward. We'd rather you move backwards because that's what we're really supporting. Um, And you can move forward if you want. Go ahead, try. But then you're going to be like, but, but, but it's not moving forward. And I'm like, well, yeah, the planets are all moving backwards. So, they don't want you moving forwards. Mars is stopping. Neptune's retrograding. Everybody's moving backwards. It's the summer of running backwards. All right. Uh, let's talk about the planets. Um, the sun this week goes from 26 Gemini to 3 Cancer with the entering of the solstice, uh, beginning summer on June 21st. 
The sun has a number of aspects to the home and hearth planets on the 19th and 20th, making these excellent days to kind of revise, revision. And remember, when it's a hard aspect, it's a great day to get rid of stuff, you know, because you're separating from it and you're clear you don't really want it anymore. It's just the new stuff that can be a little more difficult. It's the stuff you want to end. Great week for endings. Great week for endings. So the sun sesquiquadrates Jupiter, which is ending stuff with a little bit of stress. And then the sun also has a biquintile to Nept, the south node of fate, uh, right after it enters Cancer, which says, you know, what, what creatively are we trying to do here? And then the sun at one Cancer has a sextile to Uranus at one Taurus. That's going to be on the 23rd, which encourages us to create things. And then the sun is square to Chiron. Uh, on the 23rd, which also is a little bit of a wounding, a little bit of a, gee, I always thought that was what I was going to do, but now maybe that's not going to happen. And then last but not least, the sun is biquintile Mars um, on the 24th, and that kind of kicks us into, um, you know, what kind of action do I want to take? How do I want to take it? Uh, what what am I doing? And, of course, that's right before Mars goes retrograde. So the sun's going to suggest something to Mars, and Mars is going to say, great idea, but I'm not going to be able to work on it until August. So you may find that people contact you, and then you go, well, I can't really do anything on this till August or whatever. And that's okay. You know, take that offer. Take that answer. That's totally good because they can't do it till August, and truth be told, you're going backwards anyway, right? Um, so work on the other stuff. So Mercury is going from 11 Cancer to 20 Cancer, right? Um, and that's moving pretty fast. He's moving, you know, close to two degrees a day, degree and a half a day. He does have a quintile to Uranus, meaning really great creative idea on the 19th. And then he has a trine. He forms a grand trine on the 19th and the 20th to Jupiter and Neptune. Remember, Neptune's stationed to go retrograde. So now Neptune's retrograde heading towards Jupiter, who's also retrograde, and they're forming a grand trine all summer long in water. And now this week, the 19th and the 20th, the moon goes through that and forms a... They're, I said that wrong. Jupiter and Neptune are forming a trine this summer. And then as the sun, as the moon goes through, as Mercury goes through that this week... It hits uh, tw- Cancer, and it forms a grand trine to the Jupiter and the Neptune, kind of pushing everything into a positive flow. And then Mercury meets up with Pallas Athena, uh, and so there's a strategic plan. And then on the 23rd, Mercury is opposite Pluto, asking you to look at some of the triangles or some of the dramas in your life and figure out if you want to keep them. But as Mercury f- hits that grand trine point, with Jupiter and Neptune on the 19th and 20th, we have an idea that will come forward. Then what will happen is as the sun gets there, which is like later this month, the sun will activate this point and help us all see it. And then whenever the moon goes through Cancer, uh, which is in a couple of weeks, it will activate this point and and allow us to grow things. Um, So this is a week of emotional communications because Mercury is in Cancer, doesn't have a lot of words, has a lot of feelings. A lot of feelings and it's fluid and it's like oh i'm just so fluid um venus of course this week is in leo she's at four leo and she's going to 12 so she's kind of pushing us forward she hops into the nodes of fate 
she joins the North Node on the 19th, which is nice generally. So watch who you meet or watch what offers you get or watch what opportunities come your way when Venus hits that node. She also has an adjusting energy to Saturn saying, I'm going to let go of this thing because I'm going to go forward to this. So I kind of envision it almost as like handing off on the, you know how like when you do those monkey bars and you crawl along the top and you go off one and you go to the next and you go off one and go to the next. Venus is kind of doing the monkey bars. So she's leaving behind the limitations and she's moving forward towards what she loves. Um, and this that makes it, of course, Venus on the North Node, uh, I'm in love with Bob and I want to leave, or i am realized I don't love you anymore and I need to go and pursue my life. Big breakup week, big breakup week. Um, and honoring that, that, that part of the energy of the clarity is there. On the 21st, moon, Venus and Moon are opposite each, Venus and Mars, rather, are opposite each other, making the relationship planets fighting and a little fraught. And then on the uh, 22nd and the 24th, um, Venus forms a quintile to Neptune and to Saturn, where she's talking to both of them and inviting them to talk to her about the structures that they want to create around relationship in her life and what are the things they're trying to build. And, boy, she really wants some love. So at the end of the week's got a little yearning and perhaps a little loneliness. It is a Scorpio moon. So people can feel a bit melancholy over the weekend, uh, especially as Venus is kind of feeling like, what did I do for love? And I, whenever I see this aspect, you know, I kind of think, what I did for love, uh, you know, and kiss today, goodbye. So go listen to that song when you're feeling a little melancholy over the weekend. Um, Saturn has a hard node, hard aspect to the nodes of fate on the 18th, inviting him to adjust, adjust, adjust. He's in Capricorn. The nodes are in Leo. Saturn says you can't have what you love. Venus, of course, goes into the north node uh, on the 19th, and she goes, of course you can have what you love. You know, you might, you, you, what do you mean you can't have what you love? So there's a real conflict between the inner no and the desire nature. So when I see that, I'm always like, you know, whose voice is it that tells you you can't have that? I mean, I do it myself. I have a Venus-Saturn aspect natally, and my little Venus periodically, for lack of a better word, gets in a pout because, well, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, um, you okay? And she's like, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, we can do this. And you know that's the energy. So Venus and Saturn this week, a little bit of a little bit of a squabble around what's possible. Um, again, understand the energy. It's not saying it's not possible, but maybe it's an internal message from you. You know, it's other people have it. That's why you know you want it, right? So why can't you have it? Ah, that's the question. So go a little deeper. Dig a little bit in here because Venus-Saturn invites us to dig. And Saturn aspecting the nodes says, so why do you feel you have to be deprived? Saturn's like, well, because uh, my job is to deprive you. It's like, well, why? 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 So giving it permission. Neptune, of course, trines Pallas Athena on the 18th and pushes us forward into kind of a new energy and a new way of seeing that we hadn't seen before. And then Neptune stations to go retrograde until the end of November. Uh, it's 1629. And so what he's going to do when Neptune stations is, 
I always think of that as kind of the film breaking in the movie. And then you have to go back in and then you go back a little bit ahead of time or like when you're watching something on YouTube and you you know they bring a commercial in and then they repeat the last couple words and they kind of pick up again. Um so you know you didn't get you didn't miss anything because you've heard those words before. So think of it as the tape breaking this week with Neptune stationing to go retrograde and kind of pushing us in a different direction. Uh Pluto this week has a couple aspects to Ceres. One by declination and one by by quintile. Um, so the creative energies are very strong, um, and it's not necessarily what you used to create. It's what you want to create going forward. So there's a lot of energy around how that works. Uh, Chiron is in a biquintile to series, also saying a lot of times we create out of what we don't want, out of our uh, our wounded spaces or our spaces where it doesn't really match what we're looking for. And with Vesta, Trine, series. Um, this week there also is we create what we think will nurture us or will make us feel nurtured and cared for and that's what it's about and our job with these energies is to really um, pay attention and say yeah yeah that's that is what I want to create that is that is something I want to pull in and then uh, last but not least Juno this week meets up with Eris for a rip-roaring fight on the 18th, where everybody's going to be in the mood to argue and be crabby and cranky and irritable. And you just have to go, wow, they're really in the mood for a fight, aren't they? Hmm, really in the mood for a fight. Lots of stories around the ocean this this week, because Sedna is very active. She's the ocean goddess. She's the Inuit ocean goddess. And um, she was given by her father in marriage to an, a mean eagle who made her live on a rock in the middle of the Arctic Ocean. She was pretty unhappy. So she kept sending messages to her father to come and get her, to come and save her. So her father rode off to save her. And as they're going across the sea, uh, you know, the the eagle realizes she's left. So he comes and he dive bombs and they're big seas and he's throwing, you know, wants, wants her back, wants her back. So the father uh, throws her overboard. You know, maybe the eagle won't see her if she's in the water. Of course, there's still huge seas, still huge seas. So then what he does, he cuts her fingers off. So she falls to the bottom of the ocean and drowns. And her fingers become seals and the fish and the whales and the energies of the ocean, the the animals of the ocean. So the And, of course, her father escapes and gets back safely, but he sacrificed the feminine. So when the shamans go to fight, go to fish, they go down and they meditate with Sedna and they comb her hair because she doesn't have any fingers and they help make her feel beautiful and they tell her how much they love her. And then they say, please help us kill some of your fingers, which are now seals. So I'm not quite sure what this message is, but that's the energy of the the heavens. So we'll see how Sedna plays out because she's very active this week. And sometimes when she's active, we have tsunamis. Other times when she's active, we have ocean stories, you know, big ocean stories, you know, the ice crystals falling or the shelf breaking or something like that because she does rule the oceans. So we'll see how that shows up. And on that note, we're pretty well done. You know, I kind of, it was a one-page week. I got most of it covered. Um, So a couple of uh, promotional announcements. 
we're going to I'm going to be at Great Lakes Astrology Conference uh the first the second week in July GLAC GLAC it's a really nice conference uh encourage you to um sign up for it uh it's a nice regional conference run by um Sandra Lee Cero and Richard Weber and then I'm also going to be working at the UAC not the UAC the OPA I astrology UAC was last month getting my conferences mixed up. I'm also going to be at uh, OPA I Astrologer Conference in Tucson, Arizona in the beginning of October. So those are opportunities to meet me, work with me, study with me, whatever. And there are also, of course, gatherings of other astrologers, which can never be bad. It's always fun. And we always have a good time. So those are those are two astrological opportunities. And then, of course, we have the regular Tuesday drop-in group and the um, the other podcasts I do, and it does look like Scorpio's talking will be returning. A couple people have written and asked, so we'll give you a, keep you updated on that. And Happy Father's Day to all the dads, you know. And and in thinking about the important uh, men in my life who've been fathers, um, you know, I just want to shout out to the kindness of the dads, and you know, even when. You know, I my father was an Aries, and Virgo Aries is a natural arguing position. I'm a Virgo. Um, and even when my father and I would really argue, um, I knew that, you know, from his perspective, he was trying to do the best thing, even if I didn't agree with it. And uh, I just want to shout out and say thanks, Dad, you know. Um, you were a great dad. You are a great dad. I mean, he's still here, so I shouldn't go killing him off. But... Um, you were a great dad in many ways. A lot of ways, you know, I don't agree with you, you know. But a lot of the other parts, I'm really grateful. And uh, and I wish all the fathers in the listening audience that you understand how important you are, right, because you are important. On that note, big hugs, happy Father's Day. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.